You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, our friends. We are back on the other side of the double header for UFC 259 post-fight coverage here on MMAfighting.com. This is the UFC 259 post-fight show. I know I sound like Jim Nance at the Masters right now, but I got a wife upstairs sleeping. I got a seven-year-old upstairs sleeping. I ain't messing with that. I'm not doing it. No matter what happened tonight, and a lot happened tonight, three title fights, two champions retained, one new champion in a historic and sort of unfortunate way, but uh, we're going to talk about this with all of you guys. I am Mike Heck, and only joined by... One person. We're gonna fly. We're gonna get through this. Thirty minutes or so. We're gonna try to break down as much as we can on the ones and twos. The co-host of the post-fight show, the incomparable E. Casey Lydon. There he is. <laughs> You're like Ron Burgundy. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Stay classy. Stay there you classy. Go. Stay classy, everybody. All right. Well, let's get right into this thing. Uh, we see the two names on the top of the bill here: Bohovic versus Adesanya. That was the main event. Jan Bohovic, despite being a two-to-one underdog, comes through unanimous decision. Wins on all three judges' scorecards, four rounds to one. Even got a pair of ten-eight rounds to wrap this up. So it was forty-nine, forty-six, forty-nine, forty-five times two. Your thoughts on the main event, the scoring, and Jan Bohovic getting his first successful title defense? The score. Actually, I think everything that Dana White said at the post presser was pretty much accurate, especially if the ten eight rounds for uh rounds five, I assume. There were not ten eight rounds. There were there were solid ten nines. But and um and the four one score as far as four rounds to um Jan and um one round to uh, Izzy, I well I don't agree with it. I can I can see that with round one going to um Oh my god, it's so late. I'm sorry. <laughs> With round one going to Jan, round two going to Jan, round because rounds one and two, I think were pretty close. And you know, depending on the angle of the judge, I could see it. But regardless, the judges still raised the hand of the correct what the correct guy. And um, it, Jan was the better fighter tonight. And um, so scoring was dumb, but the right guy won. So I think um, after a couple of days, we'll, we'll forget about the score. And um, I think that's all that. I think it's all, all that really matters is the right guy won. Sometimes, like when you're like in these positions, like doing the media and stuff, like one, you're hearing the, the commentators, two, you're seeing the reactions on Twitter. And I, I felt like things were all over the place. Like I saw people after three rounds saying it's thirty twenty seven out of Sanya. I'm like, right. okay, I, I don't know if I if I agree with you on that though. I, I just I, I didn't see thirty twenty seven. I, I just didn't. I had Blahovich. I had 29-28 out of Sonny after three, but I just I didn't see Bohovich down three rounds. I, I didn't think there was a case to be made for that. We, you we, know, we, we, I, pretty I much the, we pretty much saw the fight the same. Rounds one and two yeah. for Izzy. I'm sorry, rounds one and three for Izzy, and rounds two um, being two being a very close round. But I we I think we both gave it to Jan, and um, four and five were pretty easy to pretty easy to call for Jan. So uh, yeah, um, the right guy won. It was, um, uh, I think, um, yeah, um, Jan um, Blachowicz finally um, used that size advantage. And the size advantage really becomes a much bigger advantage um, once he goes to the ground. And, um, and I think that was the difference. I think that's where, I think that's what we kind of 
if if Jan was going to win the fight, I think that's kind of how we saw it. You know, I mean, I picked Izzy. I know you picked Jan by decision. Um, is this fight kind of how you saw it in your mind? Exactly how. Exactly how I saw it. I, I thought the wrestling and the the clinch work would would start a little earlier in the fight, but mm-hmm. kind of seeing it all play out, it was it was actually a really brilliant game plan by Blahovich. I'm glad he, you know, for those picking Blahovich, I'm and, and on his side, I'm glad he didn't go to that game so early because he was clearly getting tired, but he still was able to find that second gear when he needed it. But had he gone to the clinch and gone to the wrestling really early in the fight, who knows if he would have been able to, to do that in the fourth and fifth round. So I actually thought it was a pretty smart game plan on his part. He fought, he fought great. I mean, he won the fight and a fight. Um, he was a, he was underdog and most almost, uh, what was this? What was the line coming into that fight? He was a plus 200 or something like that. Yeah. He was like a two on a two to one dog. Yeah. So whatever he did, he did it right. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Blahowicz. And, um, yeah, I think, now he's the champ. Now he's a, a true champion because he defended his belt, you know, as the saying goes. So, congratulations. Um, and I, I, I like sharing my bad picks. Um, my tap, I shared it on, on the Insta, on the Twitters. But uh, let me throw this graphic up real quick. Where is it? Look at this. Look at this for a moment. You see this? These are the. The last of my tapology, the last five <laughs> fights, one, two, three, four, five, I've picked against the champ. <laughs> so, and you know what? When they finally book Jan versus Glover, I still have Glover. I, in my mind, I'm already Glover's going to beat Jan. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I for some reason, like, I just, like, you know, when Jan turned around and goes, you know, he was talking to Dana, you know, do you, you don't believe in me. I think, I think, when, I think he was talking to me. <laughs> Yeah, it was a collective question <laughs> yeah. for uh, for a lot of the haters. I will I will say this: coming out of that fight, I felt like the MMA gods owed us something, and they they paid us all back in a big way because of what happened in the bantamweight title fight, which we'll get to in a moment. Because the way that ended, I feel like like the MMA car- karma, so to speak, kind of came around in a good way because one, we got a a, a, a title defense from Jan Bohovic. I feel like this is one of those. It, listen, did it, did it blow the doors off? No. Was it one of those fights we're going to be talking about for years to come? Probably not. But it's a win, and it's a respectable win. It's one that he's going to get respect on his name, so that's great. We got Adesanya handling the loss like an absolute legend. Fantastic. Love when that happens. And three, the fight that is supposed to happen is going to happen next. We're going to get Jan Bohovich versus Glover Teixeira. New England's own Glover Teixeira mm-hmm. is going to get his shot at the 205 pound title and had Israel Adesanya won tonight, it probably wouldn't have happened, but not that we're like rooting for Adesanya to lose or anything like that, but like the right thing that was supposed to happen happened here. You know what I mean? So I feel good coming out of this main event. I think, I think all things considered, this is like the right thing to happen. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, if Izzy would have won, I mean, while I'm sure Dana White would have enjoyed that with all the, you know, the potential for giant blockbuster pay-per-view, Glover finally gets his um, second shot at the title again, and and deservingly so. And with Glover's age, I think he's 41 right now. I felt felt like Glover's been 41 for like 10 years, to be honest. (laughs) But... um, (laughs) It's great. I'm 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 really happy for those two gentlemen to fight and um, for all the marbles. 
because they have paid their freaking dues, and um, that's just good. It's 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 nice that there's um, I mean, unless John Jones just says I'm coming back down to 205 or something crazy like that, barring anything crazy, yeah, the two guys that the the, the number one contender will be fighting the champion, and um, sometimes um, yeah, we don't get to see that enough in the MMA in the UFC especially. So it's happening. So good times. In a weird way, I actually think because of the way Adesanya handled himself, I think his stock actually rose on the loss tonight in, in a strange way. Because it's not that, like, listen, this, all we were looking towards with this fight, if he won, was when are we going to get Adesanya versus John Jones? And maybe it's just not the time for that fight to happen. And that's fine. And it's not like it still can't ever happen. Adesanya can go back down to 85. Clearly, that's that's where he's at his best physically, mentally, in the octagon, competing. Uh, and there's some fights for him there. We've got the Whitaker rematch. There's Darren Till, who could be the favorite if he beats Marvin Vittori. You got Marvin. You got Derek Brunson. You got Kevin Holland. You got lots. There's, we, he's got – We have we The well a, is not dry. We could have a sober co- Costa. Sober Costa. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see that fight again. <laughs> I don't think we'll – maybe – you know, maybe a, maybe a, yeah. a maybe a game of like drunk poker or something, but we're not going to see we're not going to see those two fight anytime soon. I'm, I'm, I don't think so. But uh, that was the main event. You know, it is what it is. You know, Blahovich gets the win. Probably not the outcome the UFC was hoping for, but at the end of the day, I think this is a good thing for for everybody at 205. Even good for Izzy gets him back down to 185. He could focus on really cleaning out that division. That's his big goal. And I think every you know, I, I kind of think everyone comes out a winner in that fight, even though Adesanya gets his first loss. It's not the end of the world. It's not taken as such. I don't think it's going to affect him along the way. It was the one, it was one of the most respectable losses you can have in a title fight, if that makes sense. Uh, especially yeah. for a guy to, lo- to lose his perfect record. I mean, a lot was on the line for Izzy. Um, in the sense of, if in, a lot was on the line in the sense, if he had won, like, oh my God, who could, I don't know, the, the doors would have been just crazy. Like Kind of like when Conor beat Aldo, you're like, oh my god, nothing, nothing. The MMA world is not going to be the same once Connor was able to throw that belt around on him. If Izzy only got two belts tonight, like everything would have changed in the sport. I really feel. And as far as like for Izzy in the UFC, that might be that that would have been beneficial. But I think for every contender underneath, it would have kind of sucked. So. There you go. Congratulations to Jan Blahovich. He gets it done, and still the UFC light heavyweight yeah, champion of the world. Co-main event, another and still. Amanda Nunez defeats Megan Anderson. Took her just over two minutes to get it done. I saw the video. I don't know if you saw this, a video of like Megan Anderson walking in to the building. She kind of had that sort of worrisome look on her eyes. So I was curious what she was going to look like when she walked to the octagon. And when she walked, the, she looked like a completely different person. She looked ready to go. She didn't look overwhelmed by the moment. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe you know, maybe this... Megan Anderson that we've been talking about that could make things interesting is going to is going to show up here. She took one punch from Amanda Nunes, that right hand to the dome and everything changed. That was it. Whatever like championship will was in her just kind of left her. That just shows just how powerful Amanda Nunes was. But as soon as that right hand landed, I was like, oh, boy, this is this is just not going to go well. Did you kind of have that same feeling once that first punch landed? Yeah, Um I, I, honestly, I, yeah, the, the way she walked. I mean, when Megan Anderson walked in, you know, they know the camera's going to be there. They, 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 they only have to kind of look tough for like that 15 seconds, you know, then they can be all worried. So I was, I was, I'm just kind of surprised that Megan kind of like, all right, just give me 15 seconds of mean face, you know, intense face walk. But she looks so nervous and, 
And um, yeah, I, I, you know, coming into the coming to the fight, I, I did pick Mana Nunes, but I was hoping it was maybe I was I was just being positive. And I, I, I was I was I was hoping for a more competitive fight. I mean, I still thought Megan Anderson winning was a long shot, but I was just hoping at least hit Amanda once, you know, so we all can go, whoa, you know, before you know, reality sets in. But, uh, yeah, um, I guess that, you know, that James Krause, Matt, uh, James Krause kind of magic pill we were kind of hoping for just n- didn't develop. And, yeah, it just turned out to be one of – turned out to be one of – Amanda Nunes is probably most easy – I guess easy – I mean, I don't think anything easy because she obviously is a big training camp, but – just from an outsider watching it, it looked it it almost looked unfair to be honest. Yeah, we were kind of. I know, like one of the narratives had it was like, well, now Amanda has like these different things in her life. She's a mom. Maybe she's not getting the sleep that she would normally get having a baby in the house and all these different things. Like maybe you know, with her being a mom and everything she's accomplished, maybe the fire's not there anymore. But mm-hmm. clearly, that was not the case. There's probably more fire in her now than than ever before. And I know this is a two minute win and it's a fight that she was like a, a 10 to one that, favorite. That's a two minutes. I, I felt like that fight lasted like 30 seconds. You know, I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just, I was like, Whoa, two minutes. I, I really thought that fight was like less than a minute to be honest. I just don't know what to do with her from here because you know, there's Juliana Pena, Dana White didn't seem to like, he was like, yeah, we could do that. There's GDR. There's Aspen lad out there. But it's funny, I, I went back and kind of looked at it as Dana was talking. There's only one fighter in the top five who's actually on a winning streak right now at 135. It's Yana the only fighter in at 135 in the top five that is on an actual winning streak. Oh, Julia outside the top five right now? Julia Pena? Yeah, but she's but she's not she's she's just got one win. One win. Oh, she winning, lost winning streak. Last year. Well, a one's, streak, yeah, one's more a than streak. one win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, sorry, gotcha. <laughs> you got to Holly. Here. Holly's got one. The streak start. The streak starts at one. Well, that's why I hated some. I, I've hated the UFC matchmaking at one thirty-five for the longest time. Like when they booked Aldana versus Holly Holm, I was like, why? If Holly Holm beats Aldana, Holly Holm's not getting a title shot. So I didn't. I just didn't understand a lot of this matchmaking. And I think, I think this is kind of you no know, is showing now the fact that. You no, know, the UFC matchmakers. That's kind of their job is to set up number one contenders through the matchmaking, and I don't think they have. I think actually they've done a I've kind of they've done a port. They've done a great job in other divisions, but I think in the women's bantamweight division, they've done a actually a pretty poor job of um, creating cre- creating um, contenders that fans want to see, and that's a bummer because Amanda Nunes deserves better opponents in front of her, or at least po- opponents opponents that you know fans can get hyped behind. Even you know, even even the week you know has fans just media just as fans. You know, we want to get excited about fights too. It's not just like, well, I guess you got to fight somebody. That's not that's not fun. You know, that, that feels like a, kind of those boxing mandatories. You know, like oh well, I guess you got to fight this guy. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I honestly don't know what to do at this point. I think maybe Holly Holm being injured and out of the fight with Juliana Pena at this point might not be like the worst thing in the world because now we could now you can book Holm versus Duran to me. Get that rematch, like the fight we actually want to see, and you could do paint like Aspen Ladd's coming back from from pretty gnarly injury. I think she tore ACL. She's, I think she's coming back this summer. You you do Pena versus Aspen Ladd. Maybe the winner of that gets Amanda Nunes next. I don't know. There's not a ton of options, but there are still, I guess, a couple. You know what I mean? 
Yana versus Pena. If if the UFC feels like Pena needs one more win to get a title shot, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a mess. Uh, hey, I'm my my um, dark horse. I'm I'm gonna say it. Alexis Davis. She's coming back to 35. She's she she has a victory over Amanda Nunes. She finished Amanda Nunes. I think that was a yeah. She gave Amanda Nunes her first um, loss. It was back in Strike Force, and um, I don't know. I'm 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 grasping at straws here, but yeah, I'm, I think yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Panny Kanzad is an interesting dark horse. She's on a winning streak right now. UFC sign Sarah Kaufman. Have Sarah Kaufman fight any of the number one contenders, and boom, there you go. Sarah Kaufman, Victor or sign Pam, there's a lot or sign Pam's or sign Pam Sorensen. Just do Nunez versus Sorensen. Yeah, that. Um, it's a fight, it's for a God's fight. sakes. Yeah, and and it's some. She needs someone. Other, I mean, she's her champ. It's not her responsibility. It's not Amanda Nunes' responsibility to build up contenders. That is that is literally the UFC's job, and the matchmaker's job. So, uh, yeah. Is there gonna be a forty-five division anymore for the women? I know they. I know. I know Dana says so. I know he's like, yeah, yeah. But uh, come on, do we believe that? How? Mo- I wonder, like, how much does Pena have to cut to get to 135? Didn't she used to be a 25-er? I thought Juliana Pena? No, no, she was never a 25-er. Uh, I thought, sorry, I thought she was a 25-er. Um, well, you think you think just do that at 45 just for the heck of it? <laughs> if she's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll just go to 45 and fight her. You get your fight. Yeah. If I if, don't know. Well, because well, that 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 does make sense because um uh. That wouldn't make sense because um, then Nunez, you know, if they want to bring her back pretty quick, like in a, a month and a half or so, whatever paper, I don't know, whatever the schedule is, then she doesn't have to do a big weight cut. She pretty much, I guess, what, cuts like five, 10 pounds to cut to 45. So that, whatever. I, I don't I don't think people really even, I don't think, I don't care. I don't think fans really care what weight Nunez fights at. Uh, just as long as we kind of get the most, we get the seer as many times as possible before she decides to, you know, call it a day and move on to the next chapter of her life. Before that happened, the one title that changed hands went down inside the octagon. And for 19 minutes and 28 seconds, Casey Lydon, the fight that we wanted to see mm-hmm. between Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling for the intercontinental title in the Ultimate Fighting Championship we were getting it. We were getting it, and then some. What a fight it was! The pace is incredible, and then Piotr Jan makes the most costly mistake yeah. in the history of UFC title fights. He is cruising along. I had him winning all three rounds. I had him winning the fourth. I know not everybody agreed with that sentiment. Some people had Sterling winning the first round. I don't know how people had because like, Jan dropped him. Like I just didn't get how that was. I, I, be that as it may, it doesn't really matter. In the end, Jan was cruising in that fourth round. At worst, he was going to be up three rounds to one. He would have been tied on another scorecard. So on two of the scorecards, it it felt like a lot of momentum was on Peter's side too. Hundred percent. Dana White thought. Dana White said at the press conference, like Sterling was Jan was breaking Sterling. I don't. I wouldn't go as far as he was breaking him because I thought Sterling was still competitive. But the momentum was clearly in Piotr Jan's favor. He has him down. Jan's got the back of his head. Both knees are on the mat. Jan looks at his team, thinks about it, and then throws the knee. Sterling is down. 
He's done. He's trying to get back up. He kept falling over. Disqualification. Aljamain Sterling is the new UFC Bantamweight champion. First time that has ever happened in the UFC. It was like the worst fight to want to see it in. And it was just super unfortunate. I don't blame Aljamain Sterling. Piotr Jan gets all the blame here. He's taken it. He felt bad. It is what it is. We're going to see the rematch. But man, my heart absolutely broke when that knee landed because I just didn't see a world where we were going to get the Anthony Smith thing where he's just like, you know what? I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Sterling was clearly, clearly out of it. And I like it. I, I saw people on Twitter saying like he's faking and all this stuff. TG Jellish. I was like, shut the hell up. Come on now. You, you people are absolutely out of your minds. Aljamain Sterling, a, a professional cage fighter at the highest level, he was crying from just disappointment from winning the championship that way. Like, what? Do you, do we think he's that good an actor? I don't get it. Like, uh, why why would fighters say stupid crap like that? That's just it was unfortunate. It's just unfortunate. When it happened, I just went. I swear, I slammed on the table. And went no, not because I was pulling for somebody. It's just this. Don't end a fight like this, especially like the idea that I know when the idea of an intentional knee. I, I don't. I think it's a really bad term. Yes, he threw a knee intentionally. Now, did he throw a knee? Did he throw an illegal knee intentionally? No, basically knowing, oh, this is an illegal shot. I'm gonna try to get away with it. No, of course not. He was winning the fight. I had him winning. What would I write down? I had uh, Jan winning rounds one. I gave Aljo round two, and I gave Jan round three, and he was do- not dominating, but all the momentum was on his side. I don't think he was breaking Aljo, but Aljo set such a high pace in that first two rounds, and like I just felt there's no way that he was gonna keep, he could keep that pace up for 25 minutes. Um, it was such a bummer. It's, it's such a bummer from a stupid rule. <laughs> it's just a stupid rule, but it is a rule. Everyone knows it. But it is a stupid, stupid rule that we have for um, MMA in the United States. Well, oh, sorry. Uh, here we go. We're still there. Uh, just kind of looking at the numbers. Um, significant strike. Sterling had 97 to Jan's 86. He landed 16 more strikes total. But I, I felt like Jan was landing the more impactful shots. So not about that. Absolutely. The takedown numbers, wild. Sterling, one for 17. Piotr Jan, seven for seven. 100% of his takedowns. Those land. trips were so awesome that Jan was throwing. All those freaking trips. Like, it was... And the way Jan, the way Sterling was just basically at points so exhausted, he was just like, uh, just take my back, you know? I, I felt in the last two, I felt the fifth round, if the fifth round, if they would have made it the fifth round, I felt at that point with the, all the uh, how tired Aljo was and just getting beat up, Jan was like going to be the better striker and the better grappler and the better wrestler by that fifth round. And um, that's why I said coming into the fight, I thought I thought Sterling would start strong, but I, th- I felt that cardio from Peter Yan and his incredible wrestling defense um, was going to win him the fight. And I was like, ooh, I'm a genius. This is how it's going to end. I, I predicted this fight perfect. And then it blows up in my face. But it's yeah, a just rematch. wild. It's just, man, that's the first. So that was the first time in UFC history that someone's won the belt on a, on a disqualification. Is that? Yep. Wow. It could have happened before, but. Oh, I, oh, one. Ooh, I got, I got to, I got to listen to the replay again. But I remember when uh, 
when he got hit that knee, I think it was DC that said, oh, it's like the Anthony Smith situation, but he took the high road and, you know, went back in. But I think that both of them, DC, then Rogan realized, oh, okay, never mind. This is, you know, <laughs> it was just, yeah, it sucks. Bro. I, feel, I feel bad for Algerine. That sucks. That's just, and now he's like a UFC. Now it's going to be this weird thing. Unless he beats Jan in the rematch, if he loses Jan in the rematch, it's going to be like, you know, a former UFC champion, Algerine Sterling. It's like, well, you know, it's just, it's just a, uh, sucks. But, uh, what a bummer. I actually thought he, I actually thought he handled it great. Like he, he I don't even think he like realized that he was going to be the champion. Like maybe it was like pro wrestling. You can't win the, win the belt via yeah. disqualification. I think that's what Joe Rogan was mentioning. He's like, well, I get, I get he gets to win, but can he win the belt on a disqualification? I, it felt weird when they, when they put up, they put the belt, when Dana put the belt around him as if he had just knocked out Jan. It was just like, I don't know. I think I think when you win on disqualification like that, you kind of hand the belt over, especially when you were down on the scorecards and, and things like that. Man, that just sucked. It just sucked. Yeah. It's just the, the one fight we didn't want that that's to see why that happen. We, and, we got know? punished for all those awesome prelim knockouts and finishes. We get punished by these. Like, <laughs> Oh man! So there you go. Those are the three th- the three title fights. We know what's going to happen there, so there's no mystery as far as the matchmaking goes. They'll run that one back, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, from what I understand, Aljamain Sterling is already out of the hospital. He's he's good to go. He's feeling better, so that's that's good. Um, so we'll see. There's there's a hole in May right now. I don't know if we can get those two guys back in there that quickly, but there is a hole in May. So that could be an option. Maybe do it in July or August. It just depends on the travel and where the world is at this point. But uh, we, we, we're going to look forward to probably five more rounds of these two guys. And I'm pretty which excited is, for which that. Which is exciting. But it's a bummer we had to get there this way. Yes. So we're actually going to get bonus, you know, some, some bonus MMA out of these two guys. So if we're going to look for silver linings, that's the silver linings that we're going to go with. Um, big win for Islam Makachev. He was your, your lock of the night. That was that was some performance. I mean, Drew Dober is not a slouch whatsoever. I picked Makachev. I was fairly confident in picking Makachev, um, just because Drew Dober is a powerhouse. He's a damn handsome man too, but he's a powerhouse. He can land that shot that changes everything. But he's very susceptible to the takedowns. You know, even even Alex Hernandez was taking him down in that fight that he ended up dro- finishing Hernandez. But Hernandez was taking him down whenever he wanted to. So with a guy like Islam Makachev, it's just so scary that you can prepare all you want. You know what's coming, and you cannot stop it. How dangerous is this man, especially looking that good coming off of like a year-and-a-half layoff like that? That was the only question I had coming in. Was the layoff going to hurt him? And um, clearly did not. Might, he, might, he might be a much better fighter um, than, than – than how long was he out for? 18 months or over a year? I don't Something know. Something like that. Something like that. It was a while. Um, I think uh, it was um, our uh, colleague from the Athletic, um, Shaheen Alshade, asked, you know, will um, Makachev be fighting for a title in the next year or 18 months or something? And I said, and my answer was a big fat no. And it had nothing to do with how good Makachev is, is that, but I just feel, unless the UFC throws a lot of money at someone, I don't understand, I don't see any, t- any ranked fighter above Makachev fighting Islam market yeah fighting him I just I just I just he's such an incredibly tough fight that 
it's going to be very tough to match him up with someone coming off a win, especially who's a ranked above him. I mean, I, yeah, guys behind him, sure, they can take fights. But um, I guess, what, Chandler? Chandler's not going to fight. I don't see Chandler taking that fight, you know? I mean, maybe Oliveira because he just kind of he, he needs to fight. But, yeah, he's freaking good. He's really good. I'll, can rebook I'll, I'll, RDA. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Um, is that... Yeah, but what is that? What is that? Does that? I don't know. Marks, yeah, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be tough to book Islam right now. I don't, I don't. Like, who do you see? Oh, but first of all, dude, that submission was sick. Oh my god, <laughs> it was so, it was so sick. And the, like Rogan and DC guys who have watched fights for billions of years now. DC, you know, one of the best wrestlers ever to enter the octagon. They didn't even recognize that it was a submission until it happened. They're like, "Oh wait, fight's over." They were just talking about something else. I don't know. And they're like, "Oh, fight's over." I guess Islam won. It was just like, and when he just put that squeeze on, and like, it's like, good lord, and like, and like, and like, all of a sudden, Markachev's like his back got like fifty percent wider, and like extra muscles started popping out when he put that squeeze. That like, I guess that kind of arm triangle. I gotta look at it again. It was great. Um. Yeah, I, I feel um, that's going to be, um, yeah. Um, next fight for Makachev is going to be really interesting. Man, he made, yeah. and he made, he made Dober look so so pedestrian. Like, Dober is a bad dude, and it was just, eh. It was just, you, just, you, know, you, look, like, you look like just a, a fit dude at Gold's Gym. He didn't look like, you know, one of the best lightweights in the world. That's how, that's, that's what Habib did, too. Habib made you look very, me- he made great fighters look mediocre. And um, he called, uh, yeah, he called for Tony Ferguson after that. I don't see Tony Ferguson taking that fight. Doesn't make any any logical sense for him to take that fight. So I do have an idea. I think I have the perfect idea, and you'll hear that idea Ooh. tomorrow. On on to the next one. Actually, later on today, probably in like the next <laughs> seven hours, we report it. So, uh, so great win for him. He looked great. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. There's a, there's a lot of options, and he's probably he's favored against a lot of these guys. He could beat anybody in this division in my opinion so i would favor him against honestly everyone to be honest i can't yeah i mean i i think i think i think he's that good um yeah it'd be fun matching him up and uh, but these guys gonna take it you know especially if it's uh, they're ranked above him yeah I think there's one fight that makes tremendous sense, and there's been some heat building up between these two guys for a couple of years. You guys could probably figure it out by then. Uh, Alexander Rakic gets a win over Tiago Santos. He's 14-2. and two. He wants a title fight. He's not going to get that title fight, obviously. Uh, he's a win away. It's pretty obvious what they're going to have to do with him. Either you give him the probably the winner of Yuri versus Dominic Reyes seems to be a a sensical matchup, and then you do a number one contender fight there, uh, or fight? you could do Magomed and Golanov. Oh. Ooh, I like that fight. I think, I think, I think, yeah, I like. Um, how do you say his name? Magomed. I got. I got. Angolov. I got. I got to start remembering his name because he's like he's gonna be he's gonna be a name that we're gonna see at the top of cards pretty soon. Angolov. Angolov. Absolutely. Right. Uh, prelims were oh, right, outstanding. Oh, before, before oh, we jump, before we move on from Rakic. Man, I did not appreciate the crap talk that DC and Rogan were giving that fight. They were, you know, like, Rakic did exactly what he was supposed to do. He fought a very dangerous man in there. Took almost, Did he take any real damage? Did he even get? No, he, take, he fought really. 15 minutes. 
and they took no damage, and he got the win. And that is exactly what he like. If he would have knocked out Santos in a round, I think he's in the same position. Instead, he fought. He got a good fifteen minutes in there. You no, know, used all his mixed martial arts skills, and um, did exactly what he needed. To. Yeah, he doesn't get the extra fifty k, but um, he um, Alexander Rakic is, is, is I think a very good fighter, very 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 good, and um, uh, he will be fighting for a title. You know, within he'll fight for a title during his UFC career. I don't know if it will be within the year or a year and a half, but we're going to be seeing more of him. I would agree, but we, what we did learn is that the Alexander K. Lee curse continues on uh, for his lock for fight of the night. That was not the, the fight of the night, that's for sure. Uh, Dominic Cruz, first win since UFC 199. That's crazy to even think about. Yeah. Was it? True story. Who was it? Who, what? Oh, my goodness. 199. Who was that against? That was Favor. Favor. He hasn't been anyone since Favor. Nope. Wow. Well, the injuries, the oh, Garbrandt injuries. fight. Yeah, yeah. Garbrandt yeah. fight, yeah. Just, oh, he had a couple losses. Hudo. Yeah, just... um, Yeah, he was good. He looked good. It was a good win. Yeah. So, um, was that the... Was that the Dominic Cruz that's going to win the title? I don't think so. But Dominic Cruz is still a a player. He's, he's still an elite A-level bantamweight. I think we agree with that. It was a close fight, though. Yep. It was very good. But it, was, it was it was a fun it was a fun um, back and forth competitive fight. Yeah, K- K- Casey Kenny is going to be at that level eventually. He's just I don't think he's there just yet. Uh, but I think this is going to be a very important fight for his career. Spending 15 minutes in there with Dominic Cruz, he's only going to grow and get better from from that time. And I think he'll be back and he'll be a top 15. He'll be a top 10 guy in the UFC by 2022, in my opinion. I would agree. I would agree. He looked very good. He fought composed. Um, ate some shots from Dominic. Um, I thought once he figured out Dominic's timing a little bit better, and I think Dominic slowed down a little bit toward round three. Uh, Casey Kenny did get more comfortable in there, and let's just say if that was a five round fight, Casey Kenny could have won that fight. But it was three rounds. They knew what it was, and that's how it Agreed. goes. Yeah, I think if he go going back and watching it, I think he would want to start a little bit faster it's hard it's hard when you're fighting a guy like that you're in there you're watching him move around and you're like damn this is like Like, everything that was advertised dominic yeah but much like um adesanya uh, i thought casey kinney was one uh, casey kinney it was one of those as bad as respectable a loss as you can have sure got it he got a judge you got to judge the score for him so yeah split decision there you go uh his teammate however kyler phillips had a great night at the office. What a performance against uh, Yudong Song. Unreal. He looked tremendous, man. The Matrix himself. I was wondering if like his style would be like kind of kryptonite against a, a really technical, powerful guy like Song. I was, I mean, I, I picked Song to win. Kyle Phillips proved me wrong. This guy's the real deal, Casey. He is a legit bantamweight. He's going to be a ranked fighter come Tuesday. And... I'm excited to see what is next for him because him versus pretty much any of these guys from a stylistic perspective is a fun fight. Dude, the freaking bantamweight division just rules. It just rules. And um, actually, um, I, I got like I, I was busy doing some other work on the site, so I, I kind of get I didn't get to watch that fight as close as I wanted to watch it. But um, yeah, I, I I was impressed by Kyler. Um, Kyler, Kyler, Kyler Phillips. Um, I pick, I pick um, Song to win. Um, 
And um, yeah, uh, but Mr. Phillips really impressed me. He looked great. Askar Askarov looked great. He should be fighting for the title in his next fight. No doubt about that. I think he earned himself a title shot. I hate the fact that he missed weight. That sucks, but doesn't matter. I mean, listen, the way he the way he beat Joseph Benavides tonight, his next fight should be for the belt against the winner of Moreno. Unless Moreno wins, then you know we're going to get a trilogy fight. But if Figueredo goes out there and beats Moreno on June 12th, it's Figueredo versus Askarov. No doubt about it. Hmm. I don't know. You don't know. What about Pant? Did did he, he already beat Pantoja, right? Ask Askar. Yeah, he's beat everybody. Yeah, except for he, he had a draw with Moreno, which uh, he okay. should have won. But it is what it is. Do you think? Um, you know what? For the men's flyweight division, yeah, I don't think moving the needle is that important to the UFC. They just need contenders in there, and um, hopefully, I hope the UFC can tell us a little more about him through some, you know, video packages. Cause he seems to be a very interesting dude with a very unique, um, background. And, um, I don't know very much about him other than I, I know he's, he has 70% hearing in one ear and 40% another. That's really all I know about him. So, um, yeah, yeah. It's a good win for him. He capped off the flyweight action for the evening. Kaikar France, what a comeback win against Holy Rogerio Bontorini. That was, oh, that was so cool. That was crazy. That was crazy. How, how many times, dude? DC turned into Joe Rogan in that fight. We're like, it's over. Oh, it's it's over. It's over. And then like, and then when it and then when it was actually over, we weren't sure if it was over. <laughs> it's like that was what a what a yeah. Using that dad that brand new dad strength. That was that was an awesome fight. That one that one fight. Oh, that didn't one fight at night. One they gave a performance of the night. Interesting. Performance okay. of the night. I could have won fight of the night too. I, yeah, for that for that four minutes fifty five seconds. Uh, Tim Elliott gets a big win over Jordan Espinoza. Go back and watch that if you didn't watch it. There's so much to like dissect in and out of that fight. It's just wild. I'm not gonna dive into like what was said about the domestic violence stuff because we only know one side of the story. We know it from a social media direct message, so we have no idea what happened. Yeah, so. Uh, so we'll just leave it at that. But good win for Tim Elliott. Awesome. James Krause, Juju, definitely rubbed off on him. No doubt about that. Uh, how about Kennedy and Shakuku? Uh, God. And Zachuku. <laughs> and I'm sorry. Uh, made me look like a million bucks. Made me look like a million bucks. Knocked out the upset pick. No one picked him. I picked him. Gets it done. Carl Solberg's going to learn from that fight. No doubt about that. Big win for Kennedy. He's got a great story. Uh, Carl Solberg will be back. He's, you know, first team, team handsome, yeah. no doubt about that. And he's a uh, he's a legit guy. Yeah, he yeah. lands some big shots. They got to be careful though with um, Olberg because um, being only three and one now with four fights, um, MMA fights total. Um, all of a sudden, if you lose your next fight, you know, three and two, like it's just, just coming of that. You know, obviously you're a 500 fighter. You know, that's just not good. You know, if you a couple more losses in the UFC, so. Um, Hopefully, um, the UFC, um, he seems like a good dude, exciting fighter. Just, um, obviously, um, I think actually I thought Izzy broke it down pretty well in his post presser, just saying, um, Oberg just, he just, they, I don't want to say octagon jitters, but like it was a big fight for him and, you know, flying across the world, you know, for this fight, you know, in UFC apex, it was a big deal. And, um, he got, I think, um, abnormally just tired in that fight and his fundamentals just went out the window and um yeah i, I just you know inviting a guy like kennedy 
who we haven't seen very, how much you call him Kennedy? Like, uh, he's my buddy Kennedy. But, like, uh, a guy like Kennedy, um, Kennedy just had, uh, it just had more experience. And um, he was able to just to withstand those body shots. And I think it really, I, all the offense being just ineffective for Olberg really actually broke Olberg until he was just getting countered too much. And like they say, he was not moving his head. And then when he did move his head, he actually moved it right back to the center line again. And that's when that big hook landed and put him down. So, um, yeah, super fun fight. That's our prelim yep. before, so like that. <laughs> yeah, we had five finishes in a row to start the night. Kennedy was the fifth. Uh, Sean Brady, another finish, second straight submission win over Jake Matthews. Can we stop with the Sean Brady's not the real deal conversation? Because the guy is the real deal. That sold. win sealed I'm, it. I'm this sold. dude is legit. I'm sold. I'm sold. I, was, I wasn't I was super high on Brady. Maybe because that giant back piece just kind of threw me off sometimes. I was just like, geez, that is a, that is a really big whatever, devil mask or something. That's... So I didn't. I, I don't. Maybe I just didn't take him seriously enough. And I, I I've been high on Jake Jake Matthews for a while. Um, I thought like he was gonna finally get into that groove where he's gonna be like a legit, you know, top ten guy. But uh, not tonight. Not tonight. John Brady looks that really fight almost that fight almost went the way I thought it was gonna go. The first round was a little surprising because Brady was able to do what he wanted to do on the ground and get it down quickly. I thought Matthews gonna, was gonna have a lot of success on the feet in the first round, but man. Great yeah. performance. Sean Brady it was a dominant, dominant one from start to finish. How about a uh, one name that we're not going to is it's just not going to get mentioned after these cards, which is unfortunate. Amanda Lemos. Good God, she got what a savage. Amanda Lemos. Lemos should call the Las Vegas Police Department because she got robbed of fifty thousand dollars tonight. How did she not get a performance bonus? That was a hundred percent just start to finish, ass kicking. Good lord, she made Souza is a tough fighter. She was a big champ. She is. I, I don't. I don't think Souza is no a top five strawweight, but she is a tough out, and she made it look way too easy. And Limosh, if she can, if that weight cut is easy to strike, not easy, but if she can make that weight safely to one to strawweight, dude, she is. She is gonna be trouble for a lot of ladies. Kind of like kind of reminds me of a lot of what's when uh, Tatiana Suarez. Kind of came into the UFC. We're like, whoa, this lady's like, she's just a, she's like a, just a different level. Unfortunately for Suarez, no injuries, you know, have really dampened her career. But Amanda Lemos, whoo, that was I, I, her last fight over Mizuki Inouye, who I'm, I'm very high on. She just blew Mizuki Inouye away, and tonight, man, I don't know how she. Why, why, why didn't she get 50k? Is this too early on the card? I don't understand that. Why did she not get 50? Um. I don't know. I mean, that, he could have got is, 50K. That is a performance. That, one, that mean, is a performance. She don't, oh, unreal. Trevin Jones could have got 50K. Yeah. Euros Medich, who did get 50K. That guy's a monster. Yeah. Good God. Yeah. By the way, and going back to the Lamos fight, first time Lavinia Souza had ever been finished in her in her. She had 16 fights, never been finished. Mm-hmm. That changed tonight. That's a that's a legit win right there, and uh, of course she's managed by the great Waleed Ishmael, who has predicted that Amanda Lemos will be his next champion. So we'll see what happens. Very she possible. Is, she's very good. She's very very good. I mean, like yeah, there's some you know some when you when you, there's few fighters I don't know that when they they fight. Go, oh my god! Like I know she's unranked right now, but I feel like she could get in there with the top five right now and, and give everyone a tough fight at the at the top of the division. 
Yes. Uh, Euros Medic, great win for him in his Octagon debut. I feel like that fight could have been stopped way before that, but Mark Smith's one of the best referees in the game. And it was one of those weird situations where I was kind of reminded of like the Tyson Chartier interview where so close to stopping it, but Cruz, along Cruz would try to would do something. He would defend just, himself. Just he would take instructions. Uh, but Medic just put it on him. That's that this is a guy to watch. Seven and oh. Uh, comes from the Alaska scene. I know some people kind of like frown upon that regional scene, but now he's at King's MMA with those crazy folk over there, and he's just getting better and better. What did you think of his performance tonight? Great performance. Um, actually, I'm kind of bummed out that Rogan and DC were so harping on the late stoppage because it wound, yes. up, being just, it wound up being the storyline. And I'm watching the fight. It's like, dude, we've seen enough fights. I mean, yeah, it, it could have got a couple punches maybe too late, but there weren't like punches that were like just like – like um, Cruz was just going to get his head banged against a cage or something like that. You know, he just wasn't going to win the fight. And I felt it was a, I felt actually, I felt the stop was just fine. I, I actually, I didn't see a giant issue with it. I, I understand why people thought, I mean, said it was a late stoppage or, or like a really egregious late stoppage, but I thought it was fine, honestly. And so it's, it, it sucks because they were even talking about the stoppage rather than how incredibly good that, that guy looked. So, um, how, um, wait, it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, he's down Kings MMA, right down the road. I gotta get my dang vaccine and go, go visit Kings MMA. I haven't been down there in a little bit, so I'll say hi to them. <laughs> yes, and then the night started with an upset. Uh, you know, we 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 talk about legendary fighters, different like you know, C level Kane, motivated, you know, whoever. Uh, fifth round, Robbie Lawler. Silver I think Costa. it's time to put yeah. <laughs> Silver Costa. Uh, Bald Brian Ortega. I think it's time to put second round Trevin Jones in that conversation because this guy is like a completely different beast in the second round. He loses the first, did it again tonight to Mario Bautista, who is a pretty sizable favorite. And Trevin Jones just comes out and lands that like hook uppercut combination, like that hybrid shot. Yeah. Good God, man. He's he's legit. Guam, Guam, you got yourself, you get yourself a killer. Dude, I and I love the way Trevin Jones just talks. I love his like kind of I don't know. It, it, he has a cool accent. He just has a cool voice. I just like. I just like hearing this dude talk. And apparently, he stopped smoking the marijuana. So good for him. <laughs> and then Joe Rogan told him, "Go celebrate with some <laughs> <Go> marijuana." <celebrate, yeah. laughs> no, I did. I, I criticized Joe Rogan for one of the th- later in the card, but for that line, I was like, "All right, you're, you're cool with me, Joe." <laughs> I enjoyed him talking to Amanda Nunes too. It that was, was like, fun. It was just cool. It was very chill. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I try to find the good in these commentators. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. people like to crap on them all the time, but it was a long card. It was long. I, 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 I a lot. I, and I, at some points, I, I was like, I was like, oh, John Annick's there, and then he'll re, he'll do his little promo read. <laughs> but um, it was just yeah, it was just wild, man. And I, I, I will say, there's only been like two times really that not having fans was super noticeable. I would say DC Stepe versus DC three was the first time like I really noticed it. The main event tonight, I really noticed it in a positive like, or negative way. Like, it was just weird. It was just it was just it was like a golf event. You know what I mean? It was like Tigers on the 18th green putting for the, you know, putting for birdie, trying to win the Masters, and you couldn't hear a thing. It was just really weird. Even like the even the Anik was speaking like very softly, yeah. like taking in the moment. It was just it was just weird, you know. It was it was, and, and maybe it kind of came from you know we just saw the unfortunate ending to the Jan Sterling fight, and then like and as great as Amanda Nunes looked, it just felt 
just unfair and just not even competitive. It just felt mean. <laughs> but the, the, the yeah. Megan Anderson knockout because it's just it's just it's just she, obviously Amanda Nunes is just so far above the other forty fivers right now. Um, yeah, so when that fight came, it was just that's fight we're here, all here to see. But yeah, just the setup wasn't there, you know. <laughs> but um, but um, once the fight got going, yeah, it did it did miss the crowd. I mean. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It was just I can't tell. Yeah, I can't. I can't. It was different. It was just different. I don't know. Was, yeah, just the it, magnitude it, it just felt weird. It, didn't, yeah. it wasn't good or bad. It was just yeah, weird. Just, yeah. Yeah, it just felt. Odd. Yeah, it, it kind of. Yeah, it was weird. It was just weird. I, I agree. I don't know. I, I don't have a word for it too. It was just weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we, we. I guess we're not going to Texas at the end of the month, as we kind of found out the press conference with Dana yeah. White. But I wouldn't count Florida out of this conversation by any stretch of the imagination. I so just, I don't. I mean, the the state governors can say whatever they want, but it's up to the city uh, mayors to still allow. So, because what Dana says, if we're going to go to any place outside of the apex, it has to be an arena and it has to be zero social distancing. I assume that's like which I don't see any city allowing that for another six months at least. So, um, but maybe Florida. Dude, did you see that? Remember Knuckle Mania? I didn't see a lot of social distancing on that card. There's a lot of people in that building. Yeah, well, I think it was one of the things on. That's also Knuckle Mania. What was where's it? Biloxi? Where where did that take place? Oh, no, no, that was. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Florida. That was in Florida, but that was still. That's also still in a like a, a big bar room with like maybe five thousand capacity. We're talking about they have to you know whatever, wh- wherever the Miami Heat play or is there American a Tampa Airlines? Yeah. yeah, I mean that's a different story. I mean yeah, they can go to like a big ballroom or you know a big co- a convention center in Tallahassee, but. That's not how the UFC rolls, you know. They they go big, you know. So, yeah, good good luck. <laughs> my parent my my parents have been in Florida for the last several months, and I was talking to my mother the other day, and she's like, "Yeah, all the St. Patty's Day festivities, they're all on. All the stores are open. I mean, people got to wear masks, but everything's open. It's a business as usual down there right now, and they're loving life. It's crazy. It's just wild how different it is. Yeah, good on I mean, them. Yeah, enjoy it." <laughs> Enjoy it while you can. So listen, folks, I know this is one of those times where you're just like, I want to ask questions and give comments and all that stuff. But listen, it's been a long night. All right. I promise. I swear to you, we will make this up to you. Okay. We'll make it up to you in some way. Extended coverage. I actually have an idea on this and we're going to talk about this on the throughout the week about how we can make this up to you. I actually, it just popped into my head a great idea of how we're going to make it up to you. But for the time being, everybody get some sleep. Okay. It's 4.04 AM on the East coast. All right. I appreciate you guys watching, getting our thoughts. I will go through personally and read your comments and react to them. How about that? I'm going to sleep. Casey, it's 104 over there. It's 404 over here. My kid's going to wake me up in two hours. I'm going to try to get a little nap in. So thank you all for watching all of our coverage. It's just been a crazy week. And then back at it again next week. We'll do it all over again on the road to UFC 260. There you go. But Casey, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody. Go to sleep, you weirdos. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.